Welcome back, everyone, to the Captain's Log for September 20th. I'm Ian, joined by Aaron. We're here to run through some of the new releases, expansions, and news that has happened in the last couple weeks. I like to keep it short, like to keep it simple. We're going to jump right into it. The first game that we have is actually just been announced. It's by Funko Games and Prospero Hall. It is a legacy game titled Jurassic Park Legacy. It's a working title. It's going to take place from the creation of the park through the entire storied history of the Jurassic Park series. There's not a lot of details yet. More is coming, but it looks like a very interesting game and a fun take on the Legacy series. And then next up, we've got the next title in the Seven Wonders series. Of course, we've already got Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel, a two-player focused version of the game. Uh, their next announced is Seven Wonders Architects, which is uh, an entirely standalone game that focuses on being easier to teach, easier to learn, uh, more family-friendly. They actually just today released, well, today when we're recording this, released a uh, kind of walkthrough explainer video kind of going over the entire game. And it looks it looks really fun. Uh, each player is given uh, a set of tiles that kind of puzzle together and construct one of the seven wonders. As you're playing, you'll collect sets of either similar or different resources and then spin those to, con to construct the next level of your wonder. It, it, uh, it, it actually looks really cool. Definitely very interesting. The Seven Wonders series rarely misses, so I'm excited for that one. Our next game is actually from a publisher you might not expect. Game Trays, the creator of many inserts and other accessories, has actually come out with their first published game. It's going to be on Kickstarter next year. It is Forsaken, a tabletop RPG that actually appears to be a sci-fi world. Don't get nearly as many of those, so that looks really interesting. And it'll be fascinating to see where they go with it, because of course that's not what they're known for. So I'm excited to see what they do. Me too. It looks uh, looks interesting. They, you know, they they really have nailed their niche in the market as as the the premier go-to resource for inserts. So it's curious to see where they'll go with their own game. Finally, rounding out the new releases, a a much anticipated release. Next Move Games and Plan B Games have announced the fourth and final title in the Azul series. Azul Queen's Garden, uh, which is slated to release actually pretty soon at Essen this year. Uh, not a whole lot out about the game currently, uh, so far as the specific mechanics they have released to the cover of the game. You've got the same beautiful tiles, this time in hexagon shape. And I don't know about you, I love hexagons. Very much looking forward to this. Moving on to the expansions. No new expansions announced that we wanted to bring for you, but we do have an update on Keyforge. If you're interested in that, if you've been looking forward to further expansions from that, Fantasy Flight Games has released 
an announcement that they are on hold longer due to an issue with the deck building algorithm that they use to create their new decks being broken, as they say. There's not too much more information on what exactly that means or what is wrong with it, but they are working on fixing it and trying to get past that. So there will be stuff coming from Keyforge, but not for a little bit, but they have teased a digital version that is going to be coming from Stainless Games soon. Very excited for the digital version. The uh, local Keyforge scene here kind of fell apart, so hopefully uh, the Stainless Games can get the, the digital version working sooner rather than later, because I would love to play more Keyforge. Moving on to our new segment, we're going to go ahead and briefly highlight Ravensburger. You know them, of course, as one of the largest board game publishers and distributors. And they have announced that they are actually... In North America, they're going to be halting new orders because of the global supply chain crisis. They're going to be working on catching up with their backlog and trying to move through that. So they are actually completely halting with a lot of that, which is definitely an extreme move, but understandable considering how tumultuous and very unpredictable things are becoming in terms of that. To highlight that a little bit, we're not going to delve into this too much because it does go in depth, but we are going to highlight a post made on Board Game Geek by Andre Novak. He's a manager at Board and Dice Games, and he put out a very insightful, very well-written look into where the money comes from and how it is spent when you're making a game, how much you're spending to produce it, why shipping costs are increasing board games so much. Sometimes it's not just the shipping cost itself but the fact that you then have to ship by alternative means you may have to ship by train across europe now instead of the way you did it before so there's a lot of stuff going into that i would 100 percent recommend that you check it out it's very insightful really gives you a good idea and it's just a good read he's a good writer and uh you know uh you know we've got we've got robinsberger can't fulfill the orders they have uh further woes pandasaurus uh the games publisher announced recently on a post on instagram that one of their warehouses had actually been robbed uh, and the thieves had gotten away with several hundred copies of two uh, as of yet unreleased games. These are games that were kickstarted a while ago and they actually have not yet started fulfilling to backers. Uh, so they, in, in addition, they, they made sure to note that if you saw a copy on eBay to uh, let them know so they could figure out uh, you know, getting getting all of their product back and get it in the right hands. They did also say that they had more than enough on hand to fulfill everyone who backed the Kickstarter, so no need to worry there. This was more kind of overrun to prepare for the retail launch for these games. The next thing that we do want to cover is definitely a little bit more serious. There has been a lot happening recently in the board game space, specifically surrounding the Gaming Goat, a board game publisher that has been around for some time. Recently, a game called Tournament Fishing had, within a lot of the marketing surrounding it, had an image of a frog making the A-OK -okay symbol. Now, this is something that has been used by white supremacist groups in the past. That's not to say that everyone who makes this symbol is, but it is often used for that purpose to identify those individuals. When this was brought up and mentioned to the CEO and the people running the campaign, instead of admitting a mistake 
or saying that there was not intention there and changing things, a disclaimer was put up that said, this frog is okay with everybody and doesn't hate anyone. And they continued to deflect, to excuse things and did not change it for some time. A lot of the continued discussion that they had was very aggressive. There was a lot of stuff that was said to the point where the CEO of TGG Games was actually banned from Board Game Geek itself. There's been a lot surrounding this, including several different board game creators and publishers that have been breaking ties with TGG. Aaron, I know there's a lot going on around this. What have you been seeing about this? So it seems like uh, for a lot of other uh, game designers, publishers, and other companies that that have worked with uh, the Gaming Goat in the past, their issue wasn't necessarily with the initial artwork itself, but more so the fact that the CEO and other representatives of the company you know, on, on BoardGameGeek and other social media platforms seem to really dig in their heels, double down, and stand by it, uh, rather than just, you know, saying, uh, you know, uh, throw out a, a mea culpa, say, whoops, our bad, we did not intend that, um, because you can actually find the reference image that the artist used, and it's a, a, you know, an actual photograph of an actual frog sitting on some guy's shoulder doing what looks like an okay symbol with his hand so you know it's you it, it's impossible to say what the artist's intent was i think it's always better to assume that you know no ill will was intended but it does seem that it's kind of grown past just the picture itself and uh you know i've seen a lot of, of posts from people online showing kind of a, a history that typifies this sort of behavior from the ceo of just generally not being a nice person to deal with. A similar vein to other stories that have happened this year seems to be that this sort of thing happens and then one thing blows up and then that's what brings everything else to light. So it's sad to see these sorts of things happen, but it is good that they get the exposure and attention that they do so that everyone can make sure that you know we are not allowing people in the industry who don't want everyone else to be there and who don't want everyone else's voices to be heard that is definitely something we've seen from quite a few developers notably isaac childress the creator of frosthaven eric lang a very storied creator that we just talked about last episode as well as many others have spoken out about this this is definitely a hobby that we want to be inclusive and something that we want everybody to enjoy moving into something a little bit more uplifting the lost ruins of arnak a game that we have talked about a bit again that a lot of people enjoy has won the deutsche spielpreis or the german game prize from the company behind essen spiel aaron what have you heard about this uh i mean mostly that it won the award i i've not played uh Arnak myself I, I've been looking forward to, to getting you know getting getting it onto the table with the group uh, you know it's, it's always exciting to hear big news come out of the the big conventions uh, you know love love hearing about all the awards that these games are winning uh, and of course we've got Gen Con this weekend and we're really entering kind of the, the 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 convention season of the year this this kind of back nine of the year where where all these conventions pop off. So I'm sure we'll have lots more uh, exciting convention-related news, lots of new uh, 
awards hopefully to talk about uh, on our next news episode, which will be coming out October the 4th. Uh, and then our, our last story of the episode, it's, it's uh, you know, we don't mourn the dead, we celebrate their lives. The designer of the game of life. Uh, you know, while we're talking about award-winning games, this has this is the officially second highest selling board game of all time, right behind Monopoly. Uh, Ruben Klamer has unfortunately passed away at the age of 99 years old. Uh, he was an absolute mammoth in the toy industry. Uh, you know, he was he was one of those those old school toy inventors, just constantly churning out new great stuff for kids to play with, especially in the the in the, the times before uh, electronics and such. And a huge impact on on board gaming, uh, the game of life. I mean, personally, if I had to choose between Monopoly and Game of Life, Game of Life I feel like has it's it's a lot more of an engaging gameplay, uh, a lot more fun for me, uh, but. You know, all this to say, cheers to you, Ruben Claimer. Rest in peace. That wraps up the news for this Captain's Log. Join us next week when we have the one-year anniversary of the Dice Pirates podcast. Excited for that one. And then, of course, as Aaron mentioned, October 4th, we will have another Captain's Log. Probably going to be talking about a lot of board gaming news from the conventions, as he said. So stay tuned for that. Keep a lookout. And as always, we'll be back real soon. (laughs) 